Flyover Footy. My name is Matt Baker, and for this week's Flyover Fallout, we've got a special edition. We have a Sunday match, and Santi and I are coming to you live from City Park right after the game. Santi, how are you doing? Doing great, Matt. Obviously, uh, it would have been better if City had won for the fourth time in a row at City Park, but um, LA Galaxy obviously showed that they are not a bottom of the table team and uh, made things complicated, but uh, there are some things uh, that we can talk about uh, about what City did today. But 1-1 uh, and coming here right after the game, one hour after uh, the game ended and after the press conference. So let's talk about the game. Yeah, we heard uh, we heard from Bradley Carnell. We heard from Indiana Vasilev, Nico Giochini, and Lucas Bartlett after the match. And they all kind of had the same theme going, where they felt like they had plenty of good opportunities, plenty of good chances. And a lot of them were really kind of disappointed that they didn't pull out the win. Uh, it, it is definitely a more difficult LA Galaxy team than their standing in the table would indicate. And Bradley Carnell told us that. And I just felt like we had enough chances that we could have won. But at the same time, the Galaxy, they just proved a, a pretty stout defense. And they ended up forcing a, a key error, a mental mistake is what I refer to it as, that kind of even the score. And end of the day, a point at home is a little disappointing given how we performed, I think. But it's still a point. And uh, like we'll talk about later, it still leaves us at the top of the table. Yeah, still at the top of the table thanks to uh, LAFC losing to Houston yesterday, Seattle Sounders uh, tying against Charlotte, but yeah, still on the top of the table. Obviously, you always want to win at home, but LA Galaxy, uh, they had a good game plan, and uh, if we talk about the LA Galaxy goal, uh, they did that like uh, a lot of times that they created mistakes from C's, from City and put themselves in good positions to uh, to shoot or to create options and at the end it ended up paying paying off for them um, it's just a little disappointing that after City found that goal um, it had a few chances to put the game away and couldn't convert and uh, I was like okay this may come back to bite us hopefully not and in the end, yeah, just a quick play, and Jake Nerwinski couldn't uh, hold the ball. And obviously, Douglas Costa, who is a top-class player, uh, took advantage of that and created the, that scoring option for LA Galaxy. Yeah, we knew Costa was going to be uh, an impact player in this one, having just come back from injury. With the loss of Chicharito, they, they needed somebody to step up in the attack. And they had Tyler Boyd out here. They had Jovalich. And, and Costa ended up being one of the difference makers in a lot of different ways on the field. But, Santi, let's take a look at the goals. Um, we know in the first half there were a few op opportunities, especially by Jared Stroud, Rasmus Alm. They, they were really effective wide on the wings in creating uh, opportunities in the box, even though nothing was finished. But then you fast forward and look at that first goal by Nico Joachini in what otherwise may be considered the goal of the week in MLS had it not been for <laughs> Lucas Zellerion's 61-yard just unreal goal on Saturday night but taking nothing away from Nico Joachini he's a he's a striker he has strikers mentality he always talks about needing a confidence booster and just riding the riding that hot streak riding the wave and needing to be in form it was fantastic to see him be able to to really finish what is probably the most difficult finish that uh, Strecker has had this year for City. And the delivery by Indiana Vasilev was a quality delivery. It bounced in the box, and Joe Keeney was able to find it in one of the most unreal manners and flick it in over top of Jonathan Bond. 
And when we asked uh, Nico Jokini after the match, he, he just kept saying, you know, he was going off of instinct. He knew where he had positioned himself in the box. He knew where the goal was. He knew where the keeper was, the players. And it was a split second, instinctual kind of flick. And that's the goal that I think everybody's going to talk about when this is all said and done. That's how strikers operate. Um, just a very quick thinking, uh, that instinct to uh, know where you are, feel the awareness, maybe know where the goalie is. And, and he just flicked it and it went past uh, Jonathan Bond and City Park, uh, obviously uh, 22 plus thousand people really happy. And uh, St. Louis had some chances to put it away after that, but couldn't get it done. Uh, LA Galaxy kept pushing and, and pressing uh, City at times when they were trying to to play up the back. And in the end, it ended up paying for, for them with, with that goal uh, towards the end of the game, 85th minute mm -hmm. uh, by Aguirre, who was one of the guys that came on. Like um, Greg Bani, kudos to him too. Like uh, when the game was 1-0, he made four changes, four substitutions four at the shots. same time. And it ended up paying off for him because Aguirre was one of those four. Yeah, Nico Joachini's goal really changed the, the entire flow of the game, I feel. And so after that 68th minute goal, you could really tell the vibe in City Park was different. It was it was electric. It, the only the only time it was louder in the match, I think, after the Joachini goal was uh, in the first half when Audi went down in the 35th minute and was nonstop booed after that whenever he touched the ball. But the from a fan perspective, you could see the energy from the players on the field. It all kind of changed, and you saw a more attacking-minded City, more open more free and at that point like you said the four-man subs and two that city made bringing in ostrock and jackson in the 78th minute really shifted everything so you're talking about different attackers defenders and midfielders for the galaxy and then changing up the attack to get fresh legs on the field i thought at first after the subs you could see st louis really able to keep going with the the intensity that they had been after the Joaquini goal. You saw Ostrock having a few really nice runs. You saw Aziel Jackson trying to play off of him in the box. They're, both of them were creating really good opportunities that you saw Stroud and Alm do in the first half. And you really thought that one of those two was going to lead eventually to a second goal. Um, and, and all that comes after the missed opportunity, I think, that Indiana Vasilev had when he was with Nico Joachini in the box. And I, I think before we go and talk about the Galaxy's goal, let's talk about the goal that wasn't, and that would be the Indiana Vasilev. So before he was subbed off, I think, and, and he spoke to this after the game, Santi, so I'm curious what your perspective is, in that he made a very high-level move himself, moves to try and beat the two defenders that were with him and Joachini. I think he did such a good job in drawing the defenders to him, and he was so hyper-focused on goal that it didn't seem in the moment that he really saw how open Nico really was to deliver him what could have been an easy goal. I know, it's it's unfortunate, and obviously looking from out here, um, for them it's a split-second decision, but yeah, from up here I, I saw Nico Joaquin, I was like, okay, pass it, pass it to Joaquin. Um, but he didn't see him, or maybe he thought he, he had a better, a better chance at getting a shot. But yeah, split-second decisions, uh, but Nico was wide open, and that could have been the 2-0 the that could have put the game away. But, but Basilev with a great play, uh, just uh, went with the 1v1 with the one, one one and, and shooting himself instead of looking for Nico, who, who was wide open. But 
that's that's what happens sometimes in these games. Um, it's a split decision, and and he thought that shooting was the best thing he could do. But uh, at that point is where I started to think, okay, this really may come back to us. Um, City couldn't put the game away, and uh, LA Galaxy is still hanging. Has four new guys, fresh legs, and um, at the end uh, ended up tying it towards the end. And uh, it, it kept pushing. They um, they they weren't happy just with the tie. They continued applying pressure pressure to uh, City's um, playing from the back and. Um, they, uh, they had a good game plan. Um, I had never seen uh, in all this time somebody, um, a team putting so much pressure. And it wasn't like all the time, but they selected their moments. But uh, at, at times I thought, oh, is City playing City? Like they were in, in City's end, like putting pressure and creating mistakes. And we saw more mistakes uh, than usual for from City playing up the back. We did, and especially in the first half, there seemed to be a little less cohesion than we were used to uh, in, in some of the passing Christmas. It, it wasn't exactly as bad as it was against Dallas, but you saw some of those missed opportunities in the first half from Jared Stroud and Rasmus Alm where they were trying to deliver balls into the box uh, that, that really didn't have anybody, and it was almost they didn't have a target. They were just putting the ball in, hoping somebody would be there. And like you said, playing it out of the back, getting to some of our midfielders, um, it took a little bit for them to get into the rhythm, I think. And you had some early uh, early mental mistakes, early individual errors by Leuven and Blome, and even uh, uh, Jake Nowinski, Kyle Hebert at times. Now, their overall game, I think, ended up being very positive. But especially in the first half, there were some moments that uh, the turnovers were a little more than you wanted to, that we were having ball intercepted a little bit more than I think we had obviously intended. But they, they were able to mitigate those in their transition defense. So I, I was very impressed by Lucas Bartlett, Tim Parker, Jabula Blom especially in their transition defense in whenever they were whenever they had these these turnovers or interceptions that occurred in their defensive or midfield end then they were able to track back very quickly. They were able to block spaces. And Jabulu Blom in particular, to me, was noteworthy because of the amount of time he intercepted the ball or prevented spaces from opening up. And when you're dealing with the midfield that that L.A. had with uh, Brugman, with, with Pooj, that was so key to be able to take them out of the equation for large portions of the game. And Leuven did a fantastic box-to-box. He he had as many opportunities shut down as he did create himself, I think. And Blome was that fifth defender who was such a stalwart in the defensive end. He allowed some of the chances to be taken, knowing, like I said, that you can prevent the transition uh, defense, the transition work from L.A. to, to be dangerous. And... I think that our passing network really gets to that, Santi, where if you look at the positions of some of the players on the field, Jabulu Blome was, again, right in front of Lucas Bartlett, right in front of Tim Parker in the middle of the field, and he allowed Edu Leuven to move up in the same space that Joe Keeney and Indiana Vasilev were occupying. And the width that Jared Stroud and Rasmus Alm had in conjunction with that it uh, it was it was definitely a free flowing form that City was able to get into after those early early mistakes or early setbacks, and the opportunities that it allowed Alm and Stroud to have, I think carried them well into the second half when you saw more. Uh, chances, more bravery, like Carnell likes to say. He, like, he likes his players to be brave. And I think we definitely saw that as the game progressed, and we were able to kind of settle into a little bit of a rhythm, especially in the second half. 
Yeah, yeah. One thing looking at the passing network um, that caught my attention uh, is when you look at it, you see Indiana Basilev being the player that is closest mm -hmm. to, uh, to LA Galaxy's box, and you see uh, Nico Joachini and Edward Lewin like very close to each other. So. Bradley Carnell keeps like uh, having like different formations, like showing different variations of what the team can do, and and that's always great that he approaches every game differently, take advantage of the space uh, that teams like Galaxy could create uh, or could offer, and Indiana Vasilev uh, so close to uh, the box with Nico Joachini and Edward Lewin, like basically working uh, very close to each other. But one thing, Matt, why don't we talk about the, the starting lineup? Uh, because there were some changes today. Yeah, there were some changes and there were some uh, similarities that go back to the three-game win streak we had at home prior to FC Dallas. And I was most interested in, I think, the fact that Rasmus Alm was ready and able to go in the starting lineup. But the starting lineup we had does sound very familiar with uh, with some of the other players. We had Kyle Hebert back at left back, Tim Parker, Lucas Bartlett, Jake Nowinski finished out the back line, Edu Leuven, Jabulu Blom in the midfield, Jared Stroud, Indiana Vasilev, Rasmus Alm, and Nico Joachini up front. And I'll give my take, Santi, in that Kyle Hebert seems like he's found a home with the left-back role for the time being. And it's a, it's a cascade effect from Lucas Bartlett being trusted and consistently touted as being a high-performing center back. Bradley Carnell's had nothing but high marks to say on Lucas Bartlett's performance. And he showed himself adept at clearing the ball. He showed him adept, himself adept at tracking back. He was, he was sprinting down the field half the time because City was pushing themselves so high up the field, able to not just keep pace with the attackers and Jovalic and Costa, but he was able to make a, a pivot move in the box so many times, knowing what the Galaxy attackers were going to do and the, his ability to just move so quickly in transition, his ability to know and position himself so, so well, I think there's no reason to believe that this back line isn't going to remain the back line for the foreseeable future. Yeah, it's so impressive what Kyle Hever is doing. Um, he continues shining at that left fullback position. And uh, today he had the task of going against uh, Douglas Costa. He, Duke Costa had not played a lot for LA Galaxy this year, but he's back in form. He played a US Open Cup uh, on Wednesday and uh, he was on the starting 11 today and I was really impressed by the way Kyle Heber handled that he shows how good he is on the 1v1 so uh, one positive thing from today is Kyle Heber at that left back position uh, that may result in a fewer minutes with for Johnny Nelson and at the same time it positions Kyle Heber for whenever Joachim Nilsson is back, which uh, we'll probably see that in five, six weeks. He's starting to train with the team, but it's going to take some time to uh, get back in form and, and be ready for uh, starting games. And Carnell mentioned Hebert's high performance against Costa, and I have in my notes just Hebert v. Costa 1v1. The the ability for Hebert to stop Costa on, the, on our left-hand side, on their right, it, it prevented so many uh, more dangerous opportunities from forming in the first half because there for a while in the first half, the Galaxy's offense was going through Costa a lot more than it was going through Ricky Pouge. And to be able to neutralize him and keep him from becoming a threat uh, until much later in the game, 
I think that speaks volumes to Hebert's uh, ability on the wing, the trust that the staff has given him to just be an island unto himself out there, and his positioning so often choosing, knowing when to choose to push himself higher or to stay deep. Um, there were very few times where you looked on the field and you followed Hebert and, and could say that he was not in a good position. He just, his speed and pace and decision-making is so strong. And we, we've seen him now in three different parts of the field, centrally, left, and right for a period of time. It's, I don't think it's an overstatement to say that Kyle Hebert, it doesn't matter where he is. He's almost position agnostic in his ability to perform wherever he's needed to. He's almost like an Indiana Vasilev in that way, uh, where you ask Vasilev to perform any one of the midfield roles. Well, I feel you, you can say the same thing for Kyle Hebert, that you'd be comfortable having him in any one of the backline positions. And even if he hadn't already proven himself, I think this just makes him indispensable, like you said, whenever Joachim Nilsson does return. Yeah, and that's something this team has done a great job at, uh, finding different positions for players like um, Basilev, Kyle Heaver, showing they can, they can play in different positions and can be options for different games, uh, different strategies, uh, different game plans. So um, Kyle Heaver um, showing what he can do. And he was talking about that earlier in the week uh, during the press conference. Uh, and I think it was you, Matt, that asked him about how that will help him um, when he's called to the Canadian team. Yep. And he was like, oh, it's all positive because the way they, they play, sometimes uh, they have three in the back and it, it ends up being like that system with a, with a fullback or if they have five in the back, which at, at times they do that too, it's helpful because I, I can be one of those fullbacks. So uh, it's all positive for Kyle here and you continue uh, seeing his development at a very fast pace. Uh, a guy who who was in college at the end in, of 2021, came last year to play for City 2, play every minute but five minutes of the season. And um, now he's here with with City getting significant minutes and, and showing how valuable he is for the team. So let's talk about one of the other highlights of the game on the City side, which to me is Rasmus Alm. So Indiana Vasilev's play speaks for itself. We've, we've looked at that. Nico Joachini had some really important moments. But I want to focus on Rasmus Alm for a second because this is the second game that he's really had back from injury. He went about 25 against Houston. Now he went into the second half here against... Um, against the LA Galaxy and what he was able to provide in his service and in his individual ability to press he had over a point three expected assists which I think speaks to the number of times he was able to cross the ball in he had two key passes this game and so when he wasn't initiating a press on the right side and really making things dangerous for the Galaxy's back line he was busy sending the ball in he was he was trying to give service to Vasilev to Joachini uh, the cuts that he was making in, in in and out of the box I think this was a really important moment for Rasmus Alm in gaining the confidence to play into the second half uh, because when you go 56 minutes like he did in today's match you see that he's he's on the other side of okay you're comfortable with him starting clearly now you can carry him deeper into the game to the point where Jared Stroud usually goes that 75 minutes or so and then eventually you don't see a time maybe in, in the middle of June middle to end where you he's back doing 90 minutes and so the flexibility that gives us to Ostrock, Pompeu, to Aziel Jackson in bringing them on like we saw today to get fresh legs and a really uh, a shot to the arm, 
that all has such an important role from a team perspective, and it's exciting to me to see Rasmus Alm back and back starting. Yeah, it was great to see him uh, back in the starting lineup, um, but I expect a little bit more from him. He did well, and it's great to see that he had that confidence to go uh, and still be playing in the second half. But uh, to me, it wasn't the usual Rasmus Alm that you see, that he's so crisp with the ball, with the service. Uh, but he's getting there, so that's that's a positive. Then when he came out and, and Celio came in, Celio continues showing how, how important he can be for the team and, and how he can be a game changer even if it's something that the starter, the starter will be uh, Rasmus Alm, and, and that will result in fewer minutes for Celio. But, but yeah, lots of talent in that midfield. Uh, obviously, a good problem to have anytime when you have four or five guys that will be fighting for those positions. And now the schedule start starts getting congested with games uh, midweek. We're gonna have the first one at, at City Park. The next home game is gonna be a midweek game. So it's good to to see that the team is now. For the most part, healthy. Um, the only question mark is Klaus, not knowing how, how, how much longer it will be for him. Joachim Nilsson now training with the team is still a few weeks away, but seeing that you have so many options, uh, that's always a good problem to have. And knowing that St. Louis uses their subs in the offensive end, even without Klaus, you're seeing some really strong performance by our subs today out of Tomas Ostrak, Aziel Jackson, Celio Pompeu, those what ended up being almost wholesale changes in our attacking midfield. You, you saw consistency in in the players who started, the players who subbed. You saw uh, the the ability for Salio to create chances, the ability for Salio to lead some passes into Ostrock. I liked how when uh, when Alm came out after we had our attackers subbed, you, you could see Tomas Ostrock really kind of try to take over the game as the number 10 in the middle of the field, making a lot of runs, not unlike he did in the past where he was able to feed Indiana Vasilev for one of his goals a few games ago. He, he's, a, he's able to control the ball, Tomas Ostrak, so well uh, when he carries. And, and it's, it's a unique ability, I think, because we don't, we don't see that very often in general in the way that our team plays. We don't carry the ball uh, for dozens of yards at a time. We, we pass the ball quickly. We send the ball. Uh, we have players who are more or less controlling their zones. And then when we get into the final third, it's often, okay, go and be creative. Do what you need to do. But with Tomas Ostrak, we're starting to see a pretty consistent amount of times where he's able to take the ball, intercept it, force a turnover near midfield, and then he himself will put the team in position in the attacking third. He almost had one today uh, with AZL Jackson, and that gives us a whole different, unique possibility, especially late in games. And I wasn't able to ask Carnell this postgame, but I'm kind of curious now if we're seeing, we talked about it, Tomas Ostrak kind of falling into that super sub role where he's able to impact the game, change things late on when you're needing fresh legs, you're needing a different look. And, you know, it's one of those moments to me where City might have might have had a goal or that is one of the other opportunities we could have had to change the game. Because Alm is getting healthy, because you're having Jared Stroud return and you hope to see Klaus back, you're, you're given these high-quality high options late in the game. And that's something that, to your point, will carry us through fixture congestion here in the next few weeks. Yeah, another positive to me, besides uh, Kyle Hewitt having that great performance, the back line um, did a really good job too. Uh, Tim Parker never stops to uh, impress me. Like you think, oh, wow, he's going to get beat. And then he runs 
really quickly and uh, and gets there to uh, to cover. And he had uh, like two or three of those where you would think, oh, okay, maybe Jovelich is gonna beat him, but no, he will catch up to him. And uh, and he he makes things so simple. Like if he gets the ball, he just kicks it away. He doesn't do anything flashy, but it's very effective defending by Tim Parker. Tim Parker and Lucas Bartlett uh, clearing the ball and tracking back are two of the most important aspects that they provide in the the way that they can um, assist the offense almost by allowing everybody to be so high up the field. And you can trust those two in addition to Berkey, because let's not overlook Berkey's involvement in the defense as well. There were at least two moments where he came outside the box and he played the ball on the ground. We're not talking about the Jonathan Bond uh, trying to pass the ball from near his goal and it going out of bounds multiple times. We're talking about Roman Berkey, who's who's chasing the ball because he sees open space. He can read how close the defenders are, how close the attackers from L.A. are, and he knows that he needs to be that extra defender, and he can be that because he's so talented with the ball at his feet. I remember one time in particular, he, he ran outside the box, and there was so much space, he was able to pass the ball to Jabulu Blom at midfield. And, and we're talking about having the confidence to not just play the ball in play with your feet, but to actually make a, a legitimate uh, playmaking move where you have attackers all around you. And you're going to leave yourself after you pass that pretty exposed until you can track back. So he had to trust himself to find the ball, find the, the pass completion, but also trust that the ball wasn't going to be mishandled and force him to be in a bad spot. The, the level of confidence that our entire back line, Roman Berkey, has in themselves and in how they can contribute is is one of those things that doesn't show up as much on the stat sheet, but it's so vitally important to how our offense works. Yeah, Roman Berkey showing again um, how valuable he is for the team. Uh, and I may be mixing up the play, but uh, when he when he intercepted that ball and passed it to Jabulo Blom, I think it resulted in a in a counterattack by uh, by City. So not only he stopped a play, but uh, generated another chance. Uh, for City, but Matt, let's talk about um, the man of the match. Who uh, was the the guy that you would say, okay, this is my guy today? I don't, I don't see any other way that it wasn't Nico Joachini. Um, I, I think Fatmob had Indiana Vassilov at a slightly higher rating um, because he had such a such an importance in the offense in in totality. He had six key passes. Um, He had a 77.8% pass completion. He had a .34 expected goals, three shots, one shot on target. Indiana Vasilev did all these. So he himself had a fantastic game, but the difference maker was Nico Giochini. And and we always talk about how you can play you can play so well for so long, you can control the pace, you can play your style, and it's individual moments that matter. And Nico Giochini, I think, is one of those players who you might you, you say what you want about his ability to draw fouls and his going down and, and trying to put us in position to win set pieces. I think it's a positive. I've said it before. Um, he did it a few times in this match. But what we saw out of him in the goal on the cross from Vasilev was pure individual talent. He said after the game, like and like I said, it was about instinct in where the goal was, where he had positioned himself, and what he knew he had to do to put the ball on net. And with the space that he was given there, that just shows what he can do with that kind of opportunity. And after, so there was the individual skill aspect of it, but what, what that goal was able to do for the crowd, for the team, it was such a massive boost in how they were performing afterwards that there's the intangible aspect of 
Joe Keeney's amping everybody up. And we saw just the sheer joy out of his face when he came off after scoring that goal and he was running in front of the crowd. So to me, we have a lot of individual statistics that show Tim Parker, Lucas Bartlett, Blome, Louv, and Vasilev all had pretty good individual games. But in a game like this, where it came down to those very specific moments, it was Joe Acchini. And also, don't forget, Joe Acchini put himself in position to possibly receive that pass we talked yeah. about with Vasilev that could have scored another. So that would have only reinforced it. But his positioning in those plays, his ability to uh, choose his push points in his pressing is another thing that doesn't go on the score sheet. But if you watch a game, especially if you're at the park, I really, really uh, can't recommend enough. Watch Nico Joachini, watch our attackers in when they choose to press. Because, like I've said, it's not an all-out press at all times. They're very intentional. Joachini has so often pressed opposing goalkeepers who he sees isn't receiving the ball in a position to pass it, or he wants to put pressure on them so that they have to clear it out of bounds. Choosing those moments is just as important as the individual pressing that occurs on the field. Yeah, and Jonathan Bond... Um the result of that pressure from Nico, a lot of times he will just kick the ball like uh, to the side, and it will result in a in a in a ball for City. But back to Joachini, sixth goal of the season, and now he is uh, the leading goal scorer for St. Louis. That's right. In MLS, uh, Lewin has six overall goals. All but, competitions. Um, in MLS, uh, Nico Joachini is now the leading goal scorer for City. And you love you love that for him because when we drafted him, this is the kind of role that you envisioned. You knew that he was being a little misused with Orlando last year, wasn't given a good opportunity to shine in the attack. You want to see that ability to finish, the striker's mentality that he so often refers to. You want to see that uh, being given an opportunity. And I think it was starting to develop well with Klaus, and I think he's finally found that rhythm that we, we spoke about with Indiana Vasilev and now with Rasmus Alm and Jared Stroud. It's all kind of coming together for him in those aspects. It's going to be exciting to see what Joe Keeney has to offer here in the next few weeks. And if you just look on social media on any one of the, the channels, I, I tried to retweet the video as well, uh, that his video is just getting such high praise for the goal he scored from national media, from Fox, Apple, all the broadcasters. I was, I was in front of the uh, MLS season pass broadcasters during the game, and I couldn't hear them for most of the game, but I heard him you yell. Did? I heard him yell when Joe Keeney scored because of just the incredible athleticism it took for that. So, I mean, he's in, in this game, which was nationally televised on Fox, it was the only game occurring at the moment. This was the opportunity that city players had to really shine in front of a national audience. And so it was a, almost a coming out party for a guy like Nico Joachini, who everybody knew him because of his national team experience, his, his playing in uh, Ligue 1 in France. But this was a reminder of who he is, where he is, and the importance that he brings to first place St. Louis City team. Yeah, it's great to see him taking advantage of this opportunity. I had a chance to uh, talk to him at the beginning of the season. And he was like, well, in Orlando, I didn't get a lot of, a lot of chances. So I see my, my starting in MLS, like uh, this, the beginning of my career in MLS is this one with CDSC because I know I will get chances. But uh, with Orlando, he, wa he was like, no, I didn't get a lot of chances and didn't have a chance to show what, uh, what I can do. And it's great to see that now he has that confidence and uh, when teams put players uh, when they make them available for the expansion draft a lot of times you can 
you can you see a list and you can see reasons why maybe they were made available but i think nico joachini was a steal and maybe it is uh orlando's system that uh maybe he he doesn't fit well but uh, that was a great steal on the expansion draft yeah i remember lutes being overjoyed when when he talked to us about joachini being left unprotected and how it was such an obvious they didn't think he'd be left unprotected once they found out it was the obvious choice so great to see him uh rounding into form and, and staying in form for city but before we close santi i think we have to talk about the the negative the, the really one downside that you can point to and the reason the players said after the match that they were disappointed and they, they knew they deserved better which was the galaxy goal that you referenced earlier and to me the the goal started with a mental mistake by jake Nerwinski. he'd received a ball i think it was a pass from leuven and instead of either clearing the ball making another pass quickly he let himself kind of be overwhelmed and when he had the ball dispossessed or when he was dispossessed with the ball it was an overload scenario where la had uh, a high high field turnover and this is one of those stats that's going to go in their favor that i always tout city at where they're able to press high and when they create a turnover they can get a quick shot and unfortunately la was able to do that and it it changed the game it took it from three points to one point and it was it was really unfortunate to see that because I think Jake Nerwinski is one of the players who didn't have a great game overall. I had a note from earlier in the game that I just wasn't wasn't exactly happy with a lot of the things that was going on with Jake. Um, in, in addition to not being able to decide what to do with the ball there, it just seemed like there was some some decisions that, that weren't made very well. I wasn't impressed with his distribution or his passing. Um, it, it wasn't overly bad except for that one moment. But when you put it together, I think uh, Jake's a guy who we're going to look at to have a bounce-back game next week. Yeah, I'm sure he will bounce back. Uh, it wasn't his best game today, but to, as a player, you cannot be perfect every game. And it's unfortunate that um, that this happened, but you have to give some credit to uh, LA Galaxy, too. They did a good job uh, mm -hmm. choosing their moments to press when St. Louis had the ball playing up the back, and uh, it paid off for them today, uh, finding that tying goal after uh, dispossessing Jane Erwinski. But he will learn from this, the team will learn from this. I know it's disappointing, but uh, the team will, will bounce back. Now a very difficult game against Nashville, uh, playing away. Um, but uh, I'm sure the team will do what they always do, review the game, learn uh, what went wrong, and, and make the necessary adjustments that they have to make to uh, get ready for Nashville. Yeah, City's next game is against Nashville at Nashville at Geodis Park next Saturday, June 17th. And unfortunately for us, but uh, congratulations to Jabulu Blom, who is now on his way to South Africa to join uh, his national team in Johannesburg to play a friendly against Morocco in, I believe it's the African Cup of Nations match I, is i think it's the qualification qualification yeah so cup of nations yeah. so blome is heading out i believe tomorrow monday um so we're recording like we said at city park right after the match and city will be out without his services next weekend against nashville really unfortunate uh, going against hani mukhtar so I, i don't know how excited i am to be previewing that match but uh, all city fans should definitely be looking and following how blome does for his national team. yeah i'm sure uh, i'm sure uh, city will miss uh, blome and maybe i'm wrong maybe it's uh, Uh, Nations League. Uh, I thought it was a qualifier maybe for the African Cup. Uh, but again, it's uh, 
It's an important game. I will get a chance to play against Morocco, uh, who had a great performance in the World Cup. So hopefully he will continue showing that great level he has been showing here in, in City Park. And when the team, well, lately it's been at City Park because he came back right when this home stretch started. But uh, he will continue showing that with South Africa. Yep, and it is the African Cup of Nations qualification match. So good luck to him on his travels. It's a long flight to and from. So we wish him the best. And Santi, I think let's wrap it up with uh, where we go from here. So we finished with match day 18 from St. Louis City. St. Louis City now has 16 games played, and they have 29 points sit atop at the, of the Western Conference, just ahead of Seattle, who has 28 points, and LAFC with 26. Actually, there's kind of a log jam after that where it's LAFC... getting busy, yeah. Yeah, LAFC, <laughs> Dallas, San Jose, all with 26 points there. But St. Louis has a few games in hand on all of them except for LAFC. With, but LAFC has their own problems with multiple matches coming up quickly because of their Open Cup run and their CCL run. St. Louis, though, focusing on them, uh, kind of falls or at least moves to nine wins, five losses, two draws now. Home record changes to 6-2-1 and one with that one draw. And L- LA Galaxy, by contrast, has moved out of the basement on a uh, tiebreaker of, I believe, goals scored. They have six, 13 points on the season uh, after 16 matches. 3-9-4 and four record with 14 goals, 4, and a minus 13 goal differential oh, it's, still. It's the game's won, I think. Yeah, it has to be because yeah. the goal differential and yeah. the goals, they, 4, are both the same. They have the same game, the same Colorado. goals, right? It's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty crazy. 14 and 27, right? How, how close <laughs> together L.A. and Colorado are wow. at the bottom of the table. But City, like we said, plays Nashville next week, and we'll have full coverage of that preview and news that happened this week on the episode of Flyover that'll come out on Friday of this week. Santi, anything else you want to add before we go? No, no looking forward to covering the game against Nashville. Uh, City's going to have to do something different with the absence of Jabula Blom. But um, positive from today, um, the team uh, bounced back from a loss, even though this loss, um, the league takes it as the game was played a month ago. But uh, at least the team was able to, to get a point and uh, basically fight until the end with LA Galaxy, who showed that they are not a team that should be at the bottom of the table. Absolutely. All right, well, for Santiago, I'm Matt Baker. Thanks for sticking with us. Hopefully this sounds okay because, like we said, we're trying something new, recording at City Park. It's a unique opportunity with a Sunday match. We'll get this out to you and hope you like it. If you do, we'd love if you would subscribe, leave us a review, let us know how we're doing, and we'll be back later this week. 